And you kind of, you look at stuff and you learn it and then you don't look at it for a long time. And then you go back to looking at it and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or, oh yeah, that's really good. All right, glory to God. Everybody's strolling in nice and excited. <laughs> oh my goodness, he worked late today. How, so he's back to work, so he's feeling better? Okay. Awesome, awesome, very good. Oh, hello, I don't need to watch The Chosen. I don't even know how that happened. Didn't even know I had it on my phone. Praise the Lord. <laughs> trying to... Yeah, I probably ought to put my... Trying to mute my phone real quick. Well, glory to God. Yeah. Well, he's, 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 yeah. he's got something going on there, listening to somebody else preach. Glory to God. Well, do not disturb. Before we get started tonight, of course, we're going to do our Wednesday night confession. But before we do our confession, let me ask you this. When we confess the word, does it do anything for God? Does not. We don't confess the word because we're trying to twist God's arm or because if we say the word enough, uh, it'll cause God to say, you know what? I'm tired of listening to him. Just give it to him. <laughs> it doesn't do that. No, what confessing the word does is it helps to put us in faith. When we confess what the word says, even if we put it into our own wording or, or even though we may personalize it, when we confess what the word says, then what we're doing is we're building faith in God. We're, we're, putting, we're getting faith into us because faith is something of the spirit, not of the head. And so we've got to get it down on the inside. So that's why we confess. That's why we put a big emphasis on confession is because we're trying to get stuff down into you and into your hearts. Um, and quite a few years ago, uh, when Pastor Mike and I were still doing youth ministry, the Lord got on to me. Well, he, I shouldn't say got on to me. But he, the Lord dealt with me and, you know, had, had put it on my heart to make a confession for the teenagers, for, for the youth services. And I kept saying, Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, I don't qualify. Lord, you're the writer of the word. And I made all these excuses. And then finally, the, the, he had just stirred, had stirred it in me to the point that I finally just said, okay, Lord. But if I'm going to sit down, if I'm going to sit down and write a confession uh, for the teenagers, for, for youth ministry, um, it can't be me that writes it. It's got to be you. You've got to give me the words. You've got to give me what to say uh, because it's got to it's got to line up with the word. It's got to agree with the word, and it's got to be um, from you. And so I just you know, after I prayed, I just sat down with the I just sat down and waited on God, and God began to give me the confession, and I wrote it in the front of my Bible. And so I wrote it in the front of my Bible, and Which then eventually this one we put it on a card. Um, if you have the old cards, uh, on the back of your old card is a, is a prayer to pray, to teach you how to pray when you sit down to read the word. When you sit down to read the word, don't just sit down and, and just read it like a book because the Bible is alive unto God. The, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the word made flesh. So uh, the book, the Bible is the living word of God. It's alive. And it's... Uh, sharp and it'll pierce down into your spirit and your soul and your body and it to bring about a change in your life um so what we do when we when we sit down to study the word is we ask god to help us understand it to help us have a revelation of it and so the prayer that i wrote on the back um is basically just taking scriptures and just shows you how to pray the scriptures you don't have to pray it this way it's just a blueprint just a blueprint to help you learn how to pray. Um, and so we did that for years. And then, of course, in the last few weeks or since the beginning of the year, God's changed uh, our Sunday confession. He's given us a new one. And so we have new cards that have the two different confessions on there. And we'll get to those in just a minute. Um, but I just want you to know when we confess the word, I want to put you in remembrance. When we confess the word, it's not doing anything for God. Well, Pastor, we know that, and, and you know, you've got to, you know, we understand that, and we know that, and that's baby, and that's basic. Well, yep, that's true. 
But I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth is we were just at Brother Randy's and, and Brother Randy's meetings. You know, most of who comes to his meetings currently are ministers. And do you know that in a minister's meeting, he just went over this same principle with ministers? So ministers need to hear it, and the lay people need to, the congregation needs to hear it. No, it doesn't. And, yeah, and here he, and, and just because we're confessing doesn't do anything for Satan. Uh, that's a whole different avenue. Of, uh, so let's do our confession tonight. We do it the way we do it on Wednesday nights is we hold up our Bibles. Uh, if you need one, let us know. We hold up our Bibles. And the reason we do this is because this is what we're confessing. This is what we're talking about. We want to know that we know what it is. We want God to know that we know that this is him talking to us and that we know that, uh, and that Satan knows that we know what this word is. All right, are you ready? Yep. You got your Bible? You got it holding up? She's got her little Yeah, she's kind of got it. All right. <laughs> I'm picking on her, but it's good for her. This is my, my Bible. It, it is always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. And every part of this confession is based on the scriptures. Every bit of it's based on scriptures. Well, glory to God. Well, let's pray and then we'll get into the word tonight. Glory to God. Lord, we come before you tonight and we thank you for being thank here you, with us. You are the most high God. Thank You're Lord. the creator of heaven and earth. You, you have done everything for us. You've made everything for us. You've created the universe, the stars, the heavens, the moon, yes. everything. Thank you, Father. All that we might have a place to live. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we thank, you, Father. we thank you for doing this for us. And we thank you for being here with us. Because we know that your word says that whenever two or three are gathered in your name, you will be here in our midst. And we know that you are here. And Lord, we lay ourselves down and we ask you to speak through our, our mouths. Uh, make our mouths just the, the pen of a ready writer, ready to write down your word. So that, w that we will speak the words that you would have us to speak. The words that are just right for the people that are here and the people that are listening online. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Father. Uh, Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. And you will not influence anything that goes on here. Thank you, In Jesus' Father. mighty name. Father, we ask that you think through mine and Michael's minds. Father, give us the very oracles of God to speak. Use our tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer. And Father, give the heart, give each and every hearer of this message an ear to hear. Give them a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge in, in, in who you are and what they have in Christ. And Father, we thank you that the word is sowed upon the good ground of the heart in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Well, we don't normally, we don't all, in fact, a lot of times I try not to specifically because not everybody that comes on Sunday comes on Wednesday. So normally I try not to connect Sunday messages to Wednesday services. We try to do it separate. But the Spirit's kind of leading us, a different, kind of leading us to connect them this week. Sunday we preached. Uh, G-E-P-C, which is short for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I like to remember it this way. God's education for proper conduct or general education for proper conduct is how I like to remember them because those four epistles really teach uh, who we are and what we have in Christ and they teach how we're to behave uh, once we come into Christ, once we are born again, once we receive Jesus um, as our Lord and Savior, once we're saved. Those are all different ways of saying the same thing. Um, and, and so we talked about GEPC, developing the character of God. And I began to show, we began to show you on Sunday how 
you can take these these four epistles and just read through them and begin to see how we are supposed to act now that we're in Christ. Um, and so in doing that, you know, and basically what we said is that's where everybody needs, that's where we need to plan ourselves, you know, as Christians. You know, a lot of people want to know where to study the Bible, where do I start. A good place to start is in these epistles. Um, and it's a good place for people that have been a Christian for a long period of time to go back and rest there for some time to put yourself in remembrance because the flesh likes to creep out of the grave from time to time. That old creature likes to creep up. And so we talked about that. And then uh, today, we, you know, we've been, and Pastor Mike and I are doing exactly what we've told you to do. We've sat, we read uh, Galatians on Monday, and we read uh, Ephesians on Tuesday, and we read Philippians today, and we've been spending some time uh, really breaking some things down and talking about some things in those books. And uh, we're going to just share with you one of, the, one of the revelations that the Lord gave us. Uh, really gave Pastor Mike uh, glory to God. And I was like, oh, man, I've read that for years and years and years and never connected those dots, never connected those dots. Um, and then when we prayed to the Lord today and said, okay, Lord, now this is how we get our sermons. I'm going to tell you how we get our sermons. Some ministers will pick a subject, study it in the Bible, and get a sermon that way. Some ministers uh are given, if they have a hierarchy of ministers over them, they're given a set teaching that they're supposed to do each service, and that's what they follow. Some ministers will get online or get a what they call a sermon book. You can buy them very easily. In fact, if you're in the ministry at all, people will just clutter up your mailboxes with, hey, get these books for sermons. Uh, but basically what they'll do is they'll get online or get a book that's got a sermon in it, and they'll read that sermon, and they'll study that sermon in it, and they'll say, oh, that's a good sermon, and they'll learn it for themselves. Some will go as so far as just to read it straight off the page. That's, that's how some do it. And I'm not being mean. I'm not belittling you. I'm just teaching you how, or belittling anybody. I'm just teaching you how different people get different sermons. Uh, what we do is we follow the Bible. What we do is we go to the Father, we're God called, we're God anointed, we're God appointed into the ministry. wasn't our idea to step into ministry. God just opened doors and we walked through them. Uh, but what we do is we pray and we say, Father, we don't know the hearts of the people. We don't know their situations. I mean, we, because some of y'all have been around a long time, we know a lot of what you're going through. But let's face it, we don't know everything. And there's times you come to us and begin to tell us what you're going through, and we're going, why did you wait so long to come talk to us? We could have fixed this a long time ago. But so what we pray is, Father, you know their hearts. So what we pray is according to the Scripture. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that the Spirit searches the hearts of all men. So we say, Father, go search the heart. Father, we ask that you search the hearts of all people and, and find out what they need. Father, you know them, you know what they need, you know where they're at, and then, Father, drop in our heart what we need to minister on. And then the Lord will drop either a subject or a scripture into our heart, it'll stir up in our spirit, and then we'll go, okay, Lord. And then we'll begin to study on that, and then we come to church, and, well, we'll just see what comes out. That's what we do. That's what we do. So we preach under the sudden inspiration of the Spirit. We prepare ourselves, and God prepares the message. So we, so we did that today. And then after, and we were, so we asked the Lord to do that, and we were just spending time praying in the Holy Ghost. And Michael began to, to work on some stuff, and I was honestly working on foundations. That's what I was working on is the foundations curriculum. But I kept hearing this something stir in me, and but I was like, well, Michael, I'm working on foundations. You get the sermon tonight. <laughs> you get it. And uh, so he's over there, and he's just writing away like a busy little bee. And I said, what's going on? And he said, they need to know the in hymns. He said, they need to know the in hymns. And I, or I, he said, he said Actually, well. Actually, I said, they need to know who they are. There you go. 
He said they need to know who they are. And then he, and he said this. He said, I know that they're a new creature. We're a new creature. He said, and I know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, and I know that we're ambassadors of Christ. And I said, oh. I said, you mean we're this right here. And he looked at the new confession. And he looked at it and he said, yeah, this is who we are. He said, and we need to know. Well, there's actually a lot, lot more. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But we don't even know this as we ought. And, uh, and I said, I said, I said, well, because he was looking up all the scriptures. I said, honey, I said, because we're kind of late in the day here. Would you like some help getting those? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, here, let me give you my notes. And I pulled out my notes from when we taught this back in December. Because uh, remember, this was our new confession in Jan- January 1st. This was our new confession. Um, and it was pulled directly from that sermon. So if you've got your pens and your papers, you're not going to be able to follow me in the scriptures because I'm going to talk. I'm going to say. And of course, we're looking at the other side. We're looking at our Sunday confession. Right. So I'm going to give you the scripture reference. So if you're taking notes, simply write down the scripture reference. And then during your study time this week, go back and look up each one of these scriptures and see it for yourself. Because I'm going to go pretty quick. Because we've got to get to the other point. Right. And and the other thing is, I wanted to say, we don't just say these confessions, you know, mm-hmm. to say them. They're not just words. Mm-hmm. One, they're, 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 they're based on Scripture. And, and they're, who, they're how God sees us. And they're what God call, has called us to do. And they're who he wants us to be. And, if, and, if, and, and yeah, we don't, as baby Christians, we don't really have a whole lot of faith for that. But how, what's one way we build it? By, by saying it, by reading the word that, that pertains to it. And, and the other thing is, you know, God created us in his image. He create, so, so he created us to be like him. Yes. Right? So he created the entire world in, in, seven, in six days by right, using right. nothing but his words. Right. Using his confession. So confession is powerful. Our words are powerful. And the more we say words, the, the more it shapes our life. It doesn't yes. change the world, but it changes us. It changes our understanding. Uh, and, and I want to make sure that, that you understand this is scriptural. This one I want you to turn to in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to see this for yourself. Give me an amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, something when Second you get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 okay. Corinthians, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Amen, we got a couple of them. I'm here. All right. All right, sounds like we got most of you. All right, good. So in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore... If any man be in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ? What it means is that when you have, let me back up, um, baptism means to be completely submerged in something, completely submerged. We most often understand baptism, relate baptism to the water baptism because that's when people are totally submerged in water to show for an outward showing of a change that occurred on the inside but there's actually a baptism that occurs before you get water baptized and that's the baptism of salvation or the baptism of christ another way of saying it is the new birth because when you according to romans 10 9 when you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and he's been raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is, that you believe that and that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, immediately upon that experience, immediately, the moment you do that, immediately your spirit is made alive unto God and you are completely submerged or baptized into the body of Christ. And it's a spiritual experience. Now, sometimes it'll have an effect, and most of the time, and it should have an effect 
within your uh, personality. In other words, things that were sin that you used to enjoy, suddenly you don't enjoy them so much. There's a change that goes off on the inside. Well, when that change goes off on the inside, what that is, is that's your spirit talking to you. That's God, that's the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit to bring about that new creature. So when you're born again, when you come into the body of Christ, that's when you are in Christed. That's when you're placed in Christ. Now let me give you an example this way. If I say, come on, let's go in to the house, what does that draw a picture of? That draws a picture of you physically taking your physical body into a house, correct? Well, the same thing. When you are in Christ, you are you are spiritually now a part of Christ's body. You're now part of Christ. So that's what it means to be in Christ. In Christ. The problem, the, what makes the difference is uh, your old sinful dead self can't go in with Christ. So, it, so what Christ has to do is Christ has to change you. And so when you get born again, you begin to change from the inside out. The inside out. And that's what we're looking at. And he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, baptized into the body of Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. Or a better way of saying this is he's a new creation. God's doing a brand new thing in you. You are now something that did not exist prior to your profession or confession of faith in Christ. Okay? So it says old things are passed away. Now, let me ask you this. When you got born again and you stood in front of the mirror the next morning, did you look the same? Absolutely. Absolutely. So did that part of you die? No. Did you act the same? Most of us did. Now, there are some people that experience what's called immediate sanctification. And what that is, but usually that's only in an area or two. There's still other areas that they have to work on. Uh, Brother James, I, I can use him, he'll allow me to, even though he's not here, is one that received, uh, Bridget's uncle is another one that received an immediate, partial, uh, immediate transformation. They both had a problem with alcohol. But when they both gave their life to Christ, immediately there was such a change in them that they never touched it again. Never had a desire for it, never wanted it. Now, with me, it was different. I had given my life to Christ, but I just, it kind of bothered me to drink, but I didn't know why it bothered me. But then I got a hold of the Word and I found out in the Word that a Christian shouldn't drink. And the moment that I got the revelation that a Christian shouldn't drink, that was it. I was done. But with Pastor Mike... Well, she told me that was a revelation that I shouldn't drink. But um, it wasn't a revelation to me. <laughs> and it took him a while to get the revelation. First, he got the revelation, well, I shouldn't drink in public. Then he got the revelation, well... If I'm not going to drink in public, then I shouldn't drink at home because, you know, people see me buying it and this and that and the other. But he worked in a job where it was expected for them to drink at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, you wanted to be buddies and pals and all that. So they'd go out and get dinner and have a few drinks. Well, then the Lord, and the Lord allowed that for a season. But then the Lord got a hold of him and said, what's the difference between you drinking on this side of the country and you drinking at home on this side of the country? He said, am I not there? And Michael said, well, Lord, you're everywhere I go, so I guess that settles it. Done. Done. Yeah, it, so, it, took, it took a revelation from God for right. me to change instead of just from my wife. Right. <laughs> so it takes, but my point is, my point is, physically and behaviorally, some things take time. Some things are instant and some things take time, but you're still a new creature at the moment you received Christ. All, I said, all, behold, all things have become new, and all things of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Christ Jesus, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means that when you become that new creature, you are now, by default, a minister of Jesus. 
your by your lifestyle and by your living. That doesn't mean you're going to be a pulpit preacher. No. Or or, or an apostle or right. Or a, doesn't mean you're going to stand in the fivefold. Right. But it does mean that you now have the responsibility of carrying Christ with you everywhere you go and ministering Christ to people that need Him. That's what that means. But I really want you to focus on that the old you has passed away and all things become new. Where most Christians miss it is they fail to take the time to discover who the new, who the new they, they are. Where most people fail is they fail to find out who that new creature they on the inside who that new creature is. They find they fail to find out who they are in Christ. They fail to find out what they have in Christ. Most Christians will either say, "Well, I can go to church on Wednesday and Sunday," and honestly, a lot of them will say, "Well, I can just go once a week, and that'll teach me who I am." Boy, if you only fed your physical body once a week, that just give it a try. Why don't you give your spirit, your physical body, the same diet you give your spirit body? Eat Won't three. be long, and we'll be getting you getting the ER phone call. <laughs> Won't be long. Even for those of us that come to every service, that you'd be That's pretty darn enough. hungry. That's <laughs> not enough. Okay. Um, or they'll say, "Well, I can. I don't need a church. I can read the Bible on my own." Well, if you can read your Bible on your own and you don't need the church, then why did Jesus pray? Then why did Jesus create the church in the first place? No, you need the church. The church is made for it because that is the, when the church comes together. That's the body of Christ coming together. A whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. So, who is the new creature? If you will go through, and most of them are in GEPC. But if you'll, go, if, you'll, if you'll go in through your New Testament, primarily the epistles, and if you'll highlight every spot that says in Christ, in Jesus, by Jesus, in him, through him, in whom, in whom you'll begin to see just who you are in Christ. Now, to make life easy, we've got a little mini book. Actually, I think I have to order some called In Him. To actually list the majority of the scriptures for you. Oh, He's got his back. somewhere. In either case. But I'm going to give you some examples of who you are in Christ. This is where we're going to go fast. I'm not going to read the scriptures. I'm just going to give the scripture reference. And, and what it says about who you are. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27. Genesis 1 26, 27 tells us that we're made in God's image. Uh, Genesis 1.31 tells us that we're very good. Psalms 139.14 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's Psalms 139.14. John, that's big John, St. John, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 tells us that we are flesh and spirit. We just looked at this one, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we're a new creature or a new creation. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you go down just a little bit farther into 2 Corinthians 5.20, it tells you that we are an ambassador for Christ. And verse 21 tells us that we're the righteousness of God. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we're the workmanship of his hands and that we're created and ordained for good works. Galatians 2.16 tells us that we're justified by faith. Ephesians 1.4 tells us that we're chosen and ho- chosen holy and without blame. That's Ephesians 1.4. Ephesians 1.5 tells us that we are predestined for adoption. Romans 8.37 tells us that we are more than a conqueror. 1 John 4.4 tells us that we are an overcomer and that the greater one is in us. Therefore, by default, we are also greater. Acts 17.28 tells us that we live, we move, and we have our being in Christ. John 15.5 tells us that we abide in Christ. Romans 5.17 tells us that we reign in life as kings or royalty. Philippians 4.13 tells us that we can do all things through in and through Christ who strengthens us. 
Galatians 2.20 tells us that we are crucified as Christ is crucified. Romans 6.8 says that we are dead to the flesh, but that we live in Christ. Ephesians 2.5 says that we are dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. Romans 6.4 says that we are buried with Christ by baptism and are raised from the dead with him. And that we walk in the newness of life. That's Romans 6.4. Ephesians 4.7 tells us that we're forgiven and redeemed. Ephesians 2.13 tells us that we are near to God by the blood of Christ or by the blood of the Lamb. And Ephesians 2.6 says that we're raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now this is just a handful of who we are. I didn't even touch what we have. What we have. And that's what we base our confession on. And the reason that we want to confess this is because we've got to get it down on the inside of us. See, life, life experience... People around us, and even our own stupid stinking thinking, will tell us that we're a nobody. They'll tell us that we're insignificant. They'll tell us that we won't amount up to anything. They'll tell us that we can't do. They'll tell us that it won't happen. They'll tell us that we, you know, that we're a nobody. They'll tell us that we, you know, we're uneducated or uninformed or stupid or dumb or anything like that. But that's not who we are. When we come into Christ. We are actually, we're not equal to God, but because of Jesus, by his blood, and by, his, by, his, by the crucifixion, by the death, burial, and resurrection, by him applying his blood to the mercy seat, we get to rule and operate in this life as gods, through him and in him. Now, we're not God. Don't get yourself over into pride, because there, there is a side of pride that's, that's not good. But there's also a, and, and that's a dangerous area too, because some people will say, well, pride is sin. No, unrighteous, unruly pride is sin. But God wants us to be proud that we're his children. God wants us to be uh, balanced in life. And so we've got to understand this, and this is why you've got to dig into these things and understand who you are. And as you begin to understand who you are, it will begin to impact how you live. It will impact how you think. It will impact how you behave. It will impact all the way down to how you talk and how you communicate. Which brings us to our revelation uh, because we were reading in the epistles, we were reading in GEPC, and a certain phrase or a certain statement stood out to Pastor Mike. Gotcha. So in Ephesians, uh, in chapter 2, and I, I, I'd, read, I'd read Galatians the day before, and I was reading Ephesians now, and in chapter 2 I started reading, and it starts with, and you hath he quickened. Who Where, were, what verse? Verse 1. I'm starting there. Oh, I was in Ephesians 1. Yeah, Ephesians okay. chapter 2, verse chapter one. Two, verse okay. 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we're dead to trespasses and sins, okay. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. So in, in, before we were saved, uh, we, we walked according to uh, the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, uh, now, let, me, let me just interject right here. Let me put this in a little bit of simple English. When it talks about, he said, we walked according to the course of this world. A lot of people think that God's in charge of this world. God is not in charge of this world. Satan's in charge of this world. The Bible clearly states that Satan's the God of this world. And because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, temporarily, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Satan became the ruler of this world, and sin, or enmity, which is extreme hatred towards God, entered not only the world, but entered the hearts and the DNA of mankind. And so 
when a baby is born, a baby's spirit is alive onto God, and that's why they're all full of love and kisses and hugs and giggles and what have you, for the most part. There are some exceptions, and I, we weren't going to go into those. There are, but babies, love, their spirit's alive onto God, and they love Jesus, okay? But as we mature as children, as we grow, and we begin to understand this world, we begin to be influenced to do wrong when we know to do right, and that's when we sin. And when we sin, we begin to separate ourselves from God and become cut off from God. In other words, we begin to act more like the devil than like God. And so that's what he means when he says, um, in whom we have all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh. How much do you know? I think I'm going to say this this way. Uh, you know, when you're a child, you talk like a child. But when you are around and influenced by the world, you're watching worldly movie, you're listening to parents, you're listening to adults, kids get into school and, you know, at first they know, for the most part, there's an exception to the rule. But for the most part, kids know, man, if I talk like that, we're going to get whipped by mommy and daddy. So they begin to test the waters in middle school and high school with the language. They begin to test the water. And then that becomes their common language except for when they're home. And then when they're home, they're keeping their language chill. And then when some age gets on them, they begin to test the waters with a little slight word here and a little slight word there. And before you know it, they're both an adult. The child's an adult, the parent's an adult, and they're both cussing up a storm together. Lust of the world. So what I'm trying to show you is that what he's talking about here is your behaviors of the world. The behaviors of the how you behave the way the world behaved. That's what he's talking about here. Okay. So in verse 3, it says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Well, that's an odd statement. Our conversation in times past. Hmm. Well, if you go back over to Galatians in chapter 1, because I just read this the day before, remember. In chapter 1, in verse 13, it says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past, the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted conversation? What's this talking about? Galatians 2.13? Yeah, or, or 1.13. 1.13. So, and I was like, well, it's in two of them. What, is it in the others? Well, yeah, so I got out my little app, and I looked up conversation. And it's in Second Corinthians, it's in Galatians 1.13, it's, it's in Ephesians 2.3, it's in Ephesians 4.22, where it's in 4.22 it says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So obviously he's talking about putting off the old man, and, and the deceitful lusts and stuff, I mean, that's what three of these have been kind of about, is putting off the old person, what I was before I was saved. So what does it actually mean? See, when I have read this, because remember I told you at the beginning of the sermon, I said I have read this scripture for years and years and years, and I took it at face value. It is literally talking about the way that we have a conversation, the way that we talk. And that does apply here. But... When he looked at it, he's like, now, wait a minute, this just doesn't make sense because he's talking about putting off the old man. So he begins to dive into it and go a little deeper. So I, I looked up the, wor the word conversation, and it turns out that there's, uh, in, in, the original the, Greek. in the epistles, in the original Greek, there's four different words that they're using here for, that they translated as conversation. But the one in Ephesians um, 2, 3 is... Uh, Anastrepho. Okay, and anastrepho, the actual definition, because the word, remember, is conversation. So here's the actual definition. To turn upside down, to overturn, to turn back, to turn hither and thither, to turn oneself about, to sojourn or dwell in a place. It doesn't sound like conversation. It says metaphorically to conduct oneself, behave oneself, to live. Well, okay. What is now? If it's if if it's if the word is not conversation, because obviously it's not, 
And what does this scripture mean? Well, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 2, in, in, in uh, verse 3, it says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Well, conversation in times past, and he's talking about our past, the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Okay, so, but here it's saying overturn, turn back, turn upside down, uh, dwell in a place. Well, dwell in the place gives us a hint. Gives us a hint. So, now when you when you when you get born again. Uh, a lot of uh, in, the, in the past they used to call it converting. So, so when you when you take this word conversation and and, and turning it, it turn it into I'm converting, which is pretty close to what it means. Right. You're turning away from your old sinful ways and your old past, and you're turning towards the new. You're, so you're so they're talking about. They're talking about where we lived and how we acted before we were saved. That, that, this, that's, that's who we were and how we acted, what we talked about, everything that made us up. It's all, everything that we were before, that's what conversation is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's where, it's where we dwelled. From it's where it's we who dwelled. we were. Yeah. And, we're t and, it's, and, it's, and in, in this case, it's turning away from that. So when they talk about these in these scriptures, that he's like back in Galatians, where where Paul was talking about how he used to persecute the Jews and the Church of God, he says, "For we ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the Church of God and wasted it." So that was before he changed. That's what he was, but but he's changed now. So so and they're talking about are changing here. So what we're discovering is that this word conversation does not only apply to the manner that we speak. Now you have to understand when it comes to translating the Bible, the King James Bible, which is the one we use, is a word-to-word -word translation, which means they literally look up every word, like what we just did with Pastor Mike, we looked up the word conversation, and they, and they did a direct translation based on the definition. But as you heard, that definition doesn't match, up. Doesn't match conversation. But, but what you have to understand about the time that they lived in, because you have to put everything into their time, is everything that they did was based on their word based on their word. Their living was based upon their word. Their word was their bond. They also knew that the they also knew that their words created, that their words were powerful. In their culture, they didn't just talk randomly and flippantly to fill empty air. They were very um, conscientious about the words that they used. Now, when we dig into this word more, because we were at this point very confused, we, we, as we dug into this word, we found out that one of these words really meant the dwelling place, your dwelling place. And as you dig into it, we found out that this had to do with fulfilling your obligation as a citizen, as a citizen. Well, how do we as Christians, obtain our rights and privileges of citizens of heaven. How do we obtain our rights and privileges as citizens of heaven? Which isn't a trick question. It should be a simple one. Huh? Following the Spirit? That's a good guess. What would y'all say? Salvation. salvation that's absolutely. one way. How do you obtain salvation? By your what? You by, ask, you by speak. By your confession. We obtain... We obtain, what did you say? I didn't hear you. Your mouth. There you go. We obtain the promises of God. We obtain, we obtain what belongs to us in heaven 
by the words that we speak by our confession or by our conversation. So what he was talking about here is fulfilling your, your role as a citizen of heaven, changing or converting the way that you live all the way down to the way that you speak. All the way down to the way that you speak. Let's look at Philippians. Let's look at converting. Did you have another one in here? No, there's one in Philippians. That's the one we need to go to. Well, the there's one, there's in one in Ephesians, but, but that one's not the one we need. It's nope. the Philippians. Philippians, uh, there's two of them in Philippians. Okay, let's look at both of them. 127, chapter 1, verse 27. Okay. All right. So verse chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 27. All right. So Philippians, Philippians 1, 1, 27. 27. Okay. Yep. No problem. Uh, and it, this one the, is a different word entirely, uh, but, it, but it's, along, it's along the same lines. Uh, let's see. This, this is the one that really keyed us in, I believe. So this one is uh, Politi you. Oh, me, uh, he. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we I, don't speak I Greek. I don't speak Greek. <laughs> it's all anyway, Greek to me. It means to be a citizen, to administer civil affairs, to manage the state, to make or create a citizen, to be a citizen, to behave as a citizen, to avail oneself of or recognize the laws, to conduct oneself as pledged to some law of life. To behave as a citizen of. Behave as a citizen of. So, let's look at verse 21. Let's put this in scriptural context so we understand. Verse 27. No, I want to back up to 21. We're backing up. Because (laughs) I want to keep it in scriptural context because that's how we make sure that we don't misinterpret the Bible. All right. So, let's read verse 21 to 27. All right. For 21. For me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul was telling them, listen, because Paul's been through the mill. Paul's been beat. He's been shipwrecked at least once. He's been stoned. He's been, bo- I mean, he's, I mean, he's been through it. And at this point, he's he's, been at through this it. point right here where he's writing this letter, he's in prison. Right. And he doesn't know if he's going to live or die. And he doesn't know if he, and he's saying, you know what? For me, I'd rather die and go be with Jesus. It would be better. Because then I don't have to deal with this flesh. I don't have to deal with this persecution. I don't have to be with this. He said, honestly, to leave out of here is better. That's not an excuse because look at what he says. So in 21, he said, for me or for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because if he leaves out of here, he'll, he'll, he'll move home to heaven. Right. He's going to be right there with Jesus. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I want not. For I am in a strait between the two. Meaning he's torn between the two choices, live or die. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Now, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> Being a minister for 20 years, sometimes you go through some drama, you go through some hardship, you go through some issues. You go through some stuff, and the people just, I mean, you're working your finger to the bones, you're telling them everything that they need to do right, and they're just sending themselves right back into a sin pit, and you're thinking... Hey, work ain't worth nothing. So he's looking at everything going on around him. He's looking at all the he's looking at everything around him, and he's going, you know what? I would really like to go home to Jesus right now, because you people just are not doing it for me. I have been in this place. I'm not lying. I have been in this place. Jesus, they'll be all right. Just and then you know what Jesus said? He said, How are they gonna be all right? You're the only one helping them. Well, Jesus, they, they'll, they'll get you. No, well, they ain't getting you and I. You're right there with them. Well, Jesus, you'll send somebody that can get through that I can't. That's what Paul was saying. Paul said, listen, I'm in a straight between two issues. On the one hand, I just want to get out of here and go home to Jesus. On the other hand, it's better for you if I stay. Now, if I stay to help you, that doesn't solve my problems course if you're loving them as christ loved the world which you're supposed to do right and we do that's right. why we're still here yep. <laughs> just know that's why we're still here because we so, love you verse 24 never the, <laughs> nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you and having this confidence 
I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. So he said, even though I'm in prison, even though right now it doesn't look good, he's using his faith. He's saying, I have this confidence. I'm going to continue on in my ministry. And Paul did get out, and Paul did go do more work. All right, verse 26. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So let your let the way you conduct yourself or behave as a citizen. Yes, con- the way you behave, please behave as a citizen of heaven, not as a citizen of this old sinful dying world. So only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of prediction, or perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. This is what Paul said. This is what Pastor Mike and I say, believe it or not. Do us a great favor. Live like Christians in every aspect of life, including your conversation, so that when I hear about how you're doing, I'll know my work is not in vain. True that. So that I know. Because nothing grieves the minister more than to hear that there are people. Now, they love them. And then listen, to, don't take this wrong. If you fall and you get in a mess, we're still going to love you. Oh, absolutely. If you fall and you get in a mess, we're still going to pick you up. We're going to encourage you. We're going to help you to walk in repentance. And we're going to help you to walk it right. But to keep us uplifted, to keep us going, to keep us going in the right direction, it does us great. It helps us greatly for you to act like you believe in Jesus. Like, it does us great service, and it does the Father great service, and it does Jesus great service for you to act and talk and behave as though you've been in Christed. So you ever have one of those days where you just feel like beating your head against the wall? Or like you're beating your head against the wall? That's what happens when people come to you day after day with the same problem. You've already told them how to fix it. They're not doing it. And... And you're like, I can show it to you right here in the Word. It's right here. Just do this, what God said, and it'll, it'll, the problem it'll will work. go away. It'll and they Just keep do doing it. it. And then they keep doing it. And they keep doing it. And it's like, stop it. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to belittle anybody. That's just the way we feel sometimes. But that's the way God feels sometimes, too, because Jesus paid the price. Let's take this back because it's not about us. Jesus paid the price. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Jesus paid. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? She opened the door. She said, I'm the one that's got you doing this. Are you listening to me? Jesus paid a great price for you to be funny. able to overcome the issues in your life, for you to willingly and freely decide, you know what? I just like sin and Satan and the curse better. It's a, just a slap in his face. It just is. It's, it's funny. They'll, 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 be, they'll be talking to one of us, texting or on the phone or whatever. And, and they'll get, she's not they'll the get only up, one. She's not the only uh, one. She's not. They'll get upset with the one they're talking to, and suddenly they quit talking to them, and they come over here. And they're like, hey, hey. Um, I, I said. I've got this, I've got this problem. You don't yourself. And that. You know, but I have figured out one thing. They don't like my answers. (laughs) Because I I back them in a corner. Listen, listen, listen. We're not, it's not about us tonight. I'm not about this. What I'm talking about is when you dig into the scriptures, when you dig in to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, he'll begin, these scriptures will begin to challenge you to live according to everything that Jesus paid for you to have. Absolutely. Right down to your conversation. Now, we're starting on next Wednesday, we're starting Foundations. Um, And what we're going to do in Foundations is we're going to basically, we're going to look at some very basic Christian terminology that a lot of people don't understand. 
We're going to look at how the Bible came together. The scriptures all came together. We're going to look at the layout of the Bible. We're going to look at different Bible translations and how they came to be and all of that. We're going to look at a lot of different information. We're going to look at how to study your Bible and all of that. And this is not a pre, this is not a class that I said, oh, this is a good curriculum. Let's go, let's just do this class. No, this is one that the Lord laid on my heart a long time ago, and in October he said, you're doing it. Uh, <laughs> that, and what I'm doing is I'm going through, Pastor Mike and I are going through, and we're pulling all of the information, we're doing all of the research for you. We're pulling all of it together. And uh, I've been working on all of the definitions that we need to look at, and I'm telling you, I thought I understood the definitions of the words that we're going to review. And there's ones that I even like, what was it? 11.30 last night, I went in the bedroom, and he was still awake, and I said, I was just looking at this word, and you know that this word actually means? And he said, there's no way. And I said, yeah, because we, we don't understand the scriptures the way we need to understand them. And she, she went out to the, the, the Christian bookstore the other day and came back with three new <laughs> Bible dictionaries. dictionaries. I did. I did. I, I did. And uh, we've been studying. Right. I was like, oh, it's, I, I said, I got to sit down. I got I got it. She was excited. I had the list of words to define, and I just hadn't taken the time because I was looking at working on other stuff. And I sat down, and I said, oh, I'm going to do these. And the first word I'm going to do is amen. I was stuck on amen for an entire day. And I thought, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I said, this is going to take some time. I said, I don't know if I got enough hours in the week. But so we are going – so even though – we're not going to be in here. We're going to be in the foundations room, and we're going to be in a classroom-type environment. Uh, you're still going to get great revelation to the Word. And we're going to do this for about the next six weeks. I believe we'll be able to finish it up in about five to six weeks. Uh, but it's not going to be live-streamed. So if you want this information, you have to come into the sanctuary. You have to come to the church because we're not going to record it. We're not going to live-stream it. So, so the other place where it was in Philippians was 320 and it's actually a, uh, it's a different word but it's a derivative of of the other of the, the citizen word so this one means just plain citizenship yep. but it's in 320 and you can read that one for yourself because we're out of time right which is so part of being a new which isn't even in our confession part of being a new creature is you are now a citizen of heaven your, your citizenship, you know, Pastor Mike was born in Turkey. Well, you would kind of figure that with I am predestined for adoption. Right. right. He, was, he was actually born in Turkey. He's a U.S. citizen. It's a military thing. But we actually have citizenship paperwork for him. And in order for him to get legal documentation or legal stuff at all, even though he was in the military and had military ID and all that, we always have to show his citizenship paperwork. Always. Well, guess what? When you came into Christ, you were made a citizen citizen of heaven and your citizenship citizenship paperwork is the bible is the word of god well glory to god tithes and offerings uh if you're giving a check you can write it out to dhm if you're giving cash and want us to check it or to track it uh just put it in the envelope put your name on it fill it out we'll track it for you through the year um and then at the end of the year, you'll get a giving statement. We're working on getting those out this week as well uh, so that you'll have that for tax purposes. Or if you just want to know, a lot of people say, well, I don't, and I'm one of them. I don't really need it for my taxes, but I just like to know that what I give overall for the year, that way I know if I'm increasing or not. So glory to God. You want to bless? Go for it. I'll bless. Okay, well, then you're right. Okay, that I can do. <laughs> Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you are teaching us and growing us and developing us into your character. And so, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Father, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And, Father, as we sow a tithe and an offering, Father, we invoke our tither's rights. We invoke the blessings of God as a giver. Father, we stand by faith and we, demand, and we place a spiritual demand upon the increase that, you, that we uh, <clears throat> have a right to. 
Father, we don't give because of the increase, but, Father, we do place a demand upon the increase. Father, we give because we love you. We give out of a heart of great joy. We give because we want to see the kingdom far uh, uh, expanded. And so, Father, as we give, as we sow, we ask that you bless their sowing, bless their giving, bless their tithing, cause increase to come, cause harvest to come, cause their stuff to last longer and go farther than it should. Satan, take your grubby hands off of their stuff. Take your hands off of their increase. Take your hands off of their finances. Release it and let it go. Minister and angels, according to the word, go and minister to the heirs of salvation that they may receive the increase in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we thank you that the word is true and that the word is working. Amen and amen. Amen, amen and amen. Glory to God. You may serve the people. Oh, Glory I to God. before <laughs> Yeah, eating right before you preach is rough. But we try to eat early so that we don't eat right before bed. It's a challenge. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. We've got service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. And then healing school at 6 p.m. on Sunday. And then next Wednesday we'll start uh, with foundations. And we'll get all those basics in and get you a good solid foundation on the Bible. And other than that, we're dismissed.